three, two, one. Here we go! Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We're streaming live on YouTube, we're on Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Apologies for the late start here. Uh, technical difficulties, but it's all good. We here, we live, and we are going inside of Cowboys minicamp in the scientific method today with my brother from another, Patrick no see walker of dallascowboys.com now that's at the top of the hour so we're going to jump straight into the roundup get to some house cleaning cowboys signed a player also a quick injury update don't fret nothing to fear but we do have to talk about it just to make sure that we are good to go cowboys nation again apologies bomb squad but we here That's the that's the issue you run into when you're not, you know, the big letter networks. You don't have the greatest of uh, resources, but we make it work. And today kind of had a little bit of technical difficulties with the streaming service. But uh, we're here, man. We got it together. And honestly, the most important thing is that we're able to come live and give you kind of the inside info of what's going on down there at training. Or I'm sorry, mini camp heading into training camp with none other than Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com. So here's what we're going to do. We got about 10 minutes before he comes on. So let's just jump straight into the roundup. And coming out of the roundup, we should be getting no C. And we'll have a good show, Cowboys. It won't be a long one, but it'll be a good one. So let's do it. It's time! It's time! It's time! Time. It's time. time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. So Dallas got active in, in, in the free agent market yesterday out of nowhere. Interesting. They signed defense in Ben Benogu. I'm saying that right. If I'm not, feel free to correct me. Here's what the uh, Colts writers and, and reporters had to say about this, uh, the defensive end, Ben Benogu. He says, ben Benogu will hit free agency after four years in Indianapolis in which he wasn't able to sustain a significant role in the Colts defense. Former second round pick, by the way, Cowboys uh, Nation. 27-year-old recorded two and a half sacks as a rookie, but wasn't able to build off that promise and was inactive for 16 games over his final three seasons in Indianapolis. Now, in 2022, he did grow into a role on special teams. His five special teams tackles were seventh on the Colts, and his 232 special team snaps were fifth. From 2019 to 2021, he only played 100 total snaps on special teams. So he saw an uptick on special teams last season, and I wonder if this was something that uh, Bones Fossil had a lot to say about. Now, reclamation projects, Dan Quinn has been known to, to grab a guy who just hasn't quite been able to, to put it all together yet. And then boom, next thing you know, you know, these players are, are being productive 
for Dan Quinn. Um, the highlight of that of that example is none other than J. Ron Curse. I'm not expecting a J. Ron Curse type of situation here with the defense. And if anything, this this feels more like, hey, we got to get the amount of bodies to camp. And if anything were to come of this kid, we can at least put him on special teams because that room, that room is is uh, extremely deep. And I have a hard time believing uh, this guy is going to be able to crack it. Now, look, he can go out there and camp and go off. He can go out there in preseason and, and go off. But this feels a lot more like a special team signing, kind of a just a, I hate to use the term camp body. I feel like I'm disrespecting these players when I say that sometimes. But uh, a, a, a down roster addition as they get ready for camp. They need they need 90 guys when they get down there. So we'll see what happens. I'm not really making a big deal out of this one, but it is Cowboys news and, and they did sign a guy. So got to bring it up. Then yesterday at minicamp, kind of a scare, not going to lie, a bit, a bit of a scare when, when these tweets started to roll around. And we'll talk to Pat in, in a few minutes about this. But uh, C.D. Lamb ha- had a, had an injury scare during minicamp after what seemed to be a highlight catch. He got dinged up, had a, a lower leg injury, but he, he did return to the field for a few more plays and then was chilling after that. Uh, per Pat, and we'll talk to Pat about this more. Don't expect really to see him for the rest of, which is one day today, if they even do anything today, uh, the rest of minicamp, and you'll likely see him come training camp. Uh, but yeah, a bit of an injury scare there. Uh, we'll discuss that here in a few minutes, but I'm not overly concerned if the people down there aren't overly concerned, and he seemed to be in good spirits. He was on the sideline chilling uh, and didn't seem to be a big deal. So we should be good in that stance, Cowboys Nation. All right. Perfect timing. I told y'all we'd be good to go here and we'd be able to rock. I know I got a bit of a late start, but we're not going to have a late start here with the scientific method, Cowboys Nation. We're going to bring in Pat Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com right now and get this thing started. All right, here we go. What's good, good brother? Hey, man. It's my wave. You always bring me in on the right <laughs> wave, man. What's good, my guy? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to have you on here after some technical difficulties. Now we back into the flow of things, and I'm just ready to talk ball with you, bro. Oh, man. Um, and ball we shall talk. Some, some very... Uh, Lively things occurred uh, thus far these first two days of a three-day minicamp for the Cowboys. Today, Thursday being the final day. Um, we'll see if they they run light. I think they will. Um, regardless of what did or did not happen with CeeDee Lamb, I just don't expect that they run at the same pace today. Because if you look at last season, last season Mike McCarthy cut the minicamp short because yeah. he wanted to give the guys more time. But we'll see how it goes because um, giving the guys more time uh, I think that's the premise for moving minicamp up because normally it's middle of the month. So um, we'll give that a, a look later today in a couple hours or so. But for what we've already seen, what I've already witnessed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your, yeah. Your tweets was yeah. getting me hype uh, the yeah. last couple of days, man. A lot of y'all down there actually appreciate y'all covering it the way y'all were covering it. 
Um, and, and you you mentioned Mike McCarthy giving giving the guys time and whatnot. And, and Mike and Dak had a lot to say over the yep. last couple of days. And it felt like every time they talk, Pat, they kind of sprinkle a little bit of what this <laughs> offense could be. And I'm sitting here trying to pull any little tidbit of information I can get. Uh, he held. They even coined the the name what Texas Coast. Texas Coast. Te- Texas Coast offense. Uh, and for those that don't catch the play on words, yes. like, you know McCarthy is from the coaching tree um, that di- typically dictates West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kellen Moore had run a variation of that for the most part on, in the McCarthy era. But uh, the question was asked to QB one yesterday. Is it going back to a pure West Coast offense where you have a lot of those short bubble screens and things like that, kind of you know executing those as quasi-run plays, if you will? Uh, and Dak Prescott, with a nice little coy smile, uh, he said, nice. we call it the Texas Coast in the quarterback's <laughs> room uh, because it's, it's not an offense that's out there right now, end quote. So that's – I mean, that's intriguing in and of itself. If yes. the Cowboys are, you know – putting together kind of a Frankenstein because we know that they're going to keep the Dak language, quote unquote, as McCarthy said. Yeah. Um, but they're also bringing in some fresh ideas from, from Schottenheimer as offensive coordinator. Obviously though, he won't be calling plays. He's still tasked with coordinating the offense alongside Mike McCarthy. Uh, Dak's going to have a, a ton more input and he's always had input. Uh, I will say at least from year two onward, he's had more and more input as the years have progressed, but uh, going into this year, I mean, it's his offense. McCarthy said that himself. It is Dak's offense. Yeah, I thought it was interesting where he was like, you know, I, I want my quarterback to essentially have total control yep. uh, of the offense. So I'm like, so so he didn't have total control before, which I get it. You know, certain players, especially young guys. No, he did not. They, yeah, they need they need to have that type of coaching. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about year eight guy. He, he pretty much seen a ton of things out there. So I actually like to hear that from McCarthy. Um, well, it's it's different in the capacity of uh, because I don't want anyone to take this as as saying or what McCarthy said as uh, implying that Dak Prescott had no control because you know when it comes to the Twitter sphere, if you say Apple, that true. means that's you true. said oranges suck, and that's not how it works <laughs> in the real world. So uh, what McCarthy's basically saying is that Dak will have a a massive hand in coordinating the offense. So that's going to be the difference because as far as having a hand in the offense. On game days, in real time, you've seen him with the checkdowns and things like that. Absolutely, he's had that for years, kind of had that carte blanche for years. But now it's different because um, when McCarthy came in, keep in mind, Kellen Moore was already here. So Kellen Moore outlasted the previous regime being Jason Garrett. So McCarthy didn't want to take the play calling duties away from him, et cetera, et cetera. So that puts us in a situation where McCarthy kind of played the passenger seat in that capacity. But with Kellen Moore out of the picture, McCarthy's not looking at Dak and saying, hey, you have to defer to Schottenheimer, who just got here. Um, he's looking at Dak and saying, this is year eight. We've been together several years now. I know what you can do on the field physically. I know what you can do cerebrally. So go do it. Um, and he made an interesting statement, McCarthy did, when he said that uh, there might be times in OTAs and many camp where Dak would come up to him and say, you know, what do you – what are you seeing? What do you think we should do with this next play? And McCarthy's like, what do you think we should do with this, yeah. <laughs> this next play? So that's the difference in 2023. Yeah, I think it was uh, Christy Scales who I think, and I don't want to mis- misrepresent here, but it, she asked Dak about the offense and the nuances and the tempo. And Dak talked about how they, they wanted to become more of an aggressor. Uh, and for those who may have missed it, let, let me go ahead and play this audio for you real quick. I, I think it's, it's all of it in the 
Obviously, when you can change your pace, uh, you're going to catch them off guard. Um, you want as many at-bats as we like to say, so we're going to try to get as many plays as we can, more plays, more chances for the big plays. Uh, and lastly, we want to be the aggressors. You know what I'm saying? We want to we be attacking these guys, and when we're able to switch the tempo, whether it be no huddle, whether it be a series of them, whether it be slow, slow it down, uh, we just want to make sure that we're dictating the pace, we're being the aggressors, and the game is on our terms and not theirs. Brother, this, this sounds like a totally different mental approach from years past, honestly, where we heard a lot of take what the defense gives you, and, and it felt like in certain spots the defense was dictating to the Cowboys' offense. So, you know, I, I think you're hearing it in Dak, you're hearing it in McCarthy, but they want to be the aggressor. Yeah. Are, are you seeing – I know it's hard, minicamp, you're not really showing a lot of things, but are you seeing, you know, Dak and McCarthy kind of coming together to, to put this, you know, different spin on offense from an aggressive standpoint? Yeah, I am seeing that. And obviously there's not going to be a lot revealed in OTAs or right. minicamp, particularly during the media availability portion of it, because they just don't want to tip their hands. But uh, the, they're still in the install phases. So things are still a bit raw in that capacity. But um, from what I'm seeing, you know, the shots are being taken downfield. Perfect example. Look at uh, the play that happened with uh, Brandon Cooks on yesterday uh, in team drills. Dak Prescott drops back. Brandon Cooks goes on a go route. Uh, and just absolutely smokes double coverage, and that included the safety trying to get the angle on him, but the speed was just too much, could not get the angle. Dak Prescott drops in a, an absolute dot, 60 yards, in stride, touchdown. So those are the kind of, kind of aggressive plays that the Cowboys are looking to make. Um, so I, I mentioned this in a mailbag that's coming up. I think it drops today on the .com. Someone asked about um, McCarthy leaning heavily on the run. I want everyone to understand what that means. McCarthy's saying this offseason that he's willing to sacrifice offensive production uh, for wins, that basically means that he doesn't care about a 40-burger. He cares about the victory. So right. if that means the Cowboys only average 26, 27 points per game, which is still damn good in the NFL, um, but they get a plus two in the win column versus you score 40, but you know your, your defense is gassed uh, and they give up a big play that costs you the game, that's where the run game comes in. It's game management more than anything. Look at what happened in Jacksonville. Look at what happened in Green Bay. Yep. Um, McCarthy learned from that. Dak learned from that. They don't want to see that happen again. So you go and you trade for Brandon Cooks. You go and you draft a guy like Deuce Vaughn. Uh, you start to see Kevontae Turpin get in targets in uh, both OTAs and minicamp, and I've seen a lot of that as well. Uh, and, and it all lends to the Cowboys wanting to make big plays and stretch the field. You go and draft Luke Schoolmaker to combine him or tandem him with Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershaw. So, yes, this offense uh, – as a talent, as far as talent goes, it's set up to really be the aggressor. And when you listen to what Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy are saying, neither one of them are implying that they're going to sit back and, and let the dictate that defense dictate to them. They're going to dictate to the defense. Hear that man. I yeah. love to hear that yeah. man. I love to say it. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me spin the block though. Cause you, you, yeah. you, you mentioned the, 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 the deep ball to Brandon cooks and then kind of went on your way. Nah, the way y'all put it on Twitter, man, that thing was a beauty. And it was a finally, we finally got a chance to see Brandon Cook speed. And I want to quote you in, in, in the article on, on uh, .com. You said, quote, the vet took the first step toward reminding everyone he's hiding a jet pack underneath mm -hmm. his shoulder pads. It's like that. That's what it's looking like out there with him. You know what? It, you've seen a lot of football. I've seen a lot of football. And there's a difference between knowing a guy's fast and seen in real time. Mm. And Brandon Cooks has not played uh, a regular season snap with the Cowboys. So to this point, all we know of Brandon Cooks is the speed we've seen on TV and on film uh, in his time with his previous teams. Yesterday was the first real look that I got 
with these two eyes at Brandon Cooks' speed in real time. And let me tell you, mm. that is different. That is just what he did. And I know people are saying, well, you know, who were the defensive backs? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And here's why it doesn't matter. If I said Jalen Tolbert made that play instead of Brandon Cooks, you'd be justified in asking who the defensive backs were because of the season Jalen Tolbert is coming off of. And the competition that he's going against kind of qualifies his his progress. You know what Brandon Cooks can do. Six six year, uh, six time, 1,000 yard receiver. He's, no pun intended, cooked the best of the best yeah. uh, as far as around the league to get where he is. So it doesn't matter who he smoked in practice because it doesn't matter who would have been there. They would have gotten smoked and he smoked them. So Brandon Cooks, his speed is better than advertised. When he said at the home run derby, he was asked if he still has sub four, three, five speed. And he said, oh, absolutely. We all smiled and we're like, OK, we hear you. We we'll hear see you. It. And, and then he showed it yesterday. And then afterwards in the locker room, um, he was asked if he felt like the Cowboys defense now understands just how fast he is. And he smirked and he said, well, you don't know until you know. And now they know. So that in honor of that. I broke out the <laughs> the notorious because if you don't know, now you know, oh, right? That's so hard. yeah, I lie to you. That's yeah. Hard. <laughs> so Brandon Cooks, he yeah, he is he is the real deal when it comes to speed, mm -hmm. and, and better than that, I should say better still is his ability to run routes. I know a lot of people consider him this deep threat, which you should uh, because he is that. But what he can also do is run routes very effectively, and he's very deceptive um, off of the release. His releases are very deceptive because. Since he can run routes so well and he's so consistent in every one of his releases and Dak Prescott pointed this out very eloquently yesterday. If you're a defensive back, you really don't know if it's a go route or if it's a, a slant or if it's a hook or whatever the case may be. Right. And that puts you in a very precarious position because one of those is going to be a go route. <laughs> so he point. can, yeah. yeah. So he can set you up with some of these underneath routes because you're going to you're going to back up initially. You're going to give him that space, and he's just going to operate and just dice you up at the second level. And then the moment you cheat forward, it's it's good night, Lucy. So. Yeah, I think that's what makes him dangerous. Is, is is we we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's not that he's fast, but he knows how to use his speed to his advantage. He's just not. I use this name, and sorry if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but John Ross, you know, mm. he's not John Ross. He's not a guy that no. just can run four, two, straight line. He can actually route you up, and he knows how he to – He can play football. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Asante Samuel Jr., sorry, for, Florida State fans. He he put him in a blender when he played him, I believe it was yeah. last season, and it was because of how he was using his speed against Samuels Jr., and he did it against their linebackers too. And I'm just sitting here – you know, watching that film and then hearing what you're saying about the deep ball yesterday. And I'm just imagining, and you talked about how if you don't know, now you know. Well, no team really knows how this offense with Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Tony Pollard and these boys look like with a true speed threat. Not a, not no offense to Bryce Butler, but not a Bryce Butler who will go out there for two or three snaps and run on the go route, but a true speed threat that can take it from a, a screen pass, from a slant to a nine route. It is something the Cowboys haven't had since, dare I say, Terry Glenn. No? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's fair because some will bring up Tavon Austin, but Austin didn't materialize here he didn't. in Dallas. And Austin also didn't enter the Cowboys organization with nearly the resume uh, right. that Brandon Cooks like does. So, guy. yeah, there you go. And Brandon Cooks is not going to be a gadget yeah. guy. He is, like I said, and like you said, uh, dare we say it, he's the speediest situation we've had here 
as far as a complimentary receiver since the days of Terry Glenn. Uh, rest and, in peace, you know, by the way. Yeah, rest in peace to the king, Terry Glenn. Uh, and that's, that should excite Cowboys fans because this is not to say that CeeDee Lamb is slow. You know he's not, right? So we shouldn't have to state it, but okay, state it. Uh, it's not to say that Amari Cooper was slow because he wasn't. Shouldn't have to be stated, but okay, stated. Um, and that's just not Michael Gallup's bag as far as speed is concerned, so that's right. the obvious. Um, but Brandon Cooks comes in, and he's basically Cavante Turpin's speed with a much better NFL resume, better at route running, better at – wide receiver. Yeah, better at playbook recognition and absorption and things like that because that's one thing Cavante Turpin is still working to learn is the playbook. Keep in mind, he was a rookie last year. Mm. So when McCarthy said if Turpin wants to be more involved in the offense going forward, and he does, he needs to, you know, hammer down on the playbook. It's not a case. That's not the situation with Brandon Cooks. You see how – I see how quickly he's picking up on the playbook. He's making plays in OTAs and minicamp already. I'm I'm ready to get to training camp. These guys get the pads on and – uh, and see what he can do. And, I mean, again, we know what he can do, but re- basically to see what he can do against Trevon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore and, yeah. you know, that three-headed safety monster. But Cooks is going to get his, man. I don't care who's back there. He's going to get his. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a legit number two wide receiver. I, I don't know when's the last time he had a number one in C.D. Lamb opposite of him. So he's going to get a ton of looks, and I think he'll take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, last week we talked about wide receiver for the war for WR4, right? This week I saw you, you know, post about LB3, the battle for LB3. And mm. a guy like Jabril Cox got a chance to to gain some momentum. And we really didn't talk about Jabril last week, but but I wanted to bring him up because you, you know, he made a couple plays uh this this week in minicamp. But how's he looking going into year two after that ACL? Because that LB3 battle is 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 legitimate and, and important, honestly. Yeah, and, and I know everybody's going to say, well, not everyone's doing well in, in practice, in, in OTAs, in minicamp this season. And I agree. And there are guys who are not. But we're talking about the guys who are. Um, but to my point, and, and this is where I respectfully disagree with Mike McCarthy, I don't see. And again, I don't see every single thing because media availability is is only, well, this time it's full of minicamp. But yeah. thus, from what I'm seeing, I don't see yet the progression of Kelvin Joseph. So I I know what McCarthy said yesterday, quote unquote, best stretch of his career with the Cowboys thus far. I don't see it yet. And I'm waiting to see that. Um, But I say that to say, when I say a guy is is progressing well, he's progressing well. Jabril Cox uh, on Tuesday, he had two um, PBUs in a row, two minute drill within 10 yards of, uh, of the end zone. And the second one would have been, the game saver and that's why he was swarmed by his teammates immediately after uh and it was cooper rush throwing the ball for those oh it was it was cooper rush throwing the ball but here's why it doesn't matter because the quality of the throw was pinpoint both of those throws by cooper rush were exactly where they needed to be but the best pass cannot beat the best defense Hmm. so jabril cox was exactly where he needed to be he read he reacted and he got to the spot that those three things coming from a player like Jabril Cox, who is now a good bit removed from his torn ACL. Yeah. You knew he had the, the IQ to recognize the play. So we saw him recognize the play on both of those uh, PBUs and then he reacted. So now you're looking at his knee. Can he plant and explode? He did. How how strong is the explosion to the point where can he get to the spot and beat the ball to the spot? beat the uh, receiver to the spot where the ball is going. And he did all three of those things. I saw he checked all three boxes, 
two consecutive plays in a row, two critical plays to close out the Cowboys practice um, on Tuesday and then had another strong practice on Wednesday. So as far as the linebacker three conversation, I'm still waiting to see DeMarvion Overshone get his legs, and that makes sense. He's a rookie. He hasn't had training camp. So we're not saying Overshone is a bust. We're not saying that. That's you, you get real football talk here, not you know clickbait stuff. Whatever. No, no. Um, Overshawn, I would watch him closer in training camp. But as it stands, Jabril Cox has the lead for LB three behind Damone Clark and Leighton Van Der Esch, uh, and that's based upon what I'm seeing in OTAs and especially this week in in mini camp. And speaking of the linebackers, I I spotted LVE. Yeah, um, I saw that. I saw you. you uh, yeah, I um, eyebrow went up like the rock in in you know. Oh, seven. Um, yeah. So I happened to look over because, you know, at one point they split the uh, the drills, obviously, uh, first team, second team, et cetera. So I'm looking over at the, the second team and then I happen to glance over at the first team. And lo and behold, I see number 55 rushing off of the edge. So I was like, OK, maybe this is just a blitz play and it's a jailbreak. Uh, no, because they ran it back and he went down to the edge again. So not to say LVE is an edge rusher. Nope, not saying that. What I'm saying is Dan Quinn is using what we like to call as experiment season to really have some fun with his guys. Uh, LVE is taking a few snaps off of the edge as an edge rusher. That could be interesting. Maybe you see that package unveiled in, in the regular season. Maybe you don't. He wants it in his bag. That's why he's he's uh, trying to install it right now to see if it sticks. Um, and then you saw dropping down to the defensive line. A lot of people want to know how Mozzie Smith is doing. Looks great. Here's another interesting tidbit. Uh, the inference is that Mozzie Smith will come in and rotate with Jonathan Hankins, and Hankins has been getting the majority of the, the reps with the ones, rightfully so, in minicamp. But yesterday there were several packages where Mozzie and Jonathan Hankins were lined up side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, Hankins as the nose tackle and Mozzie as the three tech. Um, and that goes to what the Cowboys were saying still about them seeing some pass rush ability, a lot of pass rush ability yes. out of Mozzie that wasn't tapped into with Michigan and Michigan. So things are getting real spicy Look, on that Dan Quinn side of the ball. I tell you what. You read my mind, bro, because my favorite thing to come out of this entire week was the return of Jonathan Hankins mm-hmm. and, and to see what, if they would line him up with Mozzie Smith. And then we see the pictures and we hear and we get your tweet and your reports that, hey, Mozzie Smith is in that first unit with Jonathan Hankins from time to time. And I personally think those two boys can be the modern day uh, you remember Pat Williams and Kevin Williams, the Williams bros? Yeah. Oh, from, yeah. From Minnesota. Oh, you yeah. know, look, I know it was a different time, you know, where, where you were at, you're not asking these guys to be pass rush guys, but Kevin Williams gave you some of that pass rush. I think mm-hmm. Mozzie can do that while uh, Jonathan Hankins can give you that, that, that Pat Williams, the, the, the run guy. So, yeah. you know, seeing those two guys together was exciting. But you got a chance to get an exclusive with, with Jonathan Hankins and you dropped mm-hmm. kind of a nugget on that exclusive you can you go into a little detail i want you to spoil your, your entire article here but can you go into a little detail on what hankins was talking about in regards to mozzie smith and himself playing together well first of all um hankins <laughs> his, his smile just ear to ear the entire time and, and a lot of these interviews when you're talking to these players um you know they'll use the word excited you know i'm yeah. excited for this and i'm thrilled for this and uh, but when i say it was just emanating it was just pouring out of hankins the whole time i was speaking to him um, to the point where a couple of times he just stopped and kind of laughed at himself because he he couldn't stop smiling. Uh, and, you know, I asked him about how it feels to have a full offseason with Dan Quinn. Remember, he came in um, just ahead of the trade deadline. So this is his first full offseason. Uh, and he was basically saying that, 
you know, Dan Quinn is as advertised and he loves playing for Dan Quinn. And then he kind of started talking about the defensive lineman and just how close knit that room is. Uh, and then, of course, I asked him about his early impressions on Mozzie Smith. And uh, he, he said that he's very, very, very excited to play alongside Mozzie. And he paused and laughed even harder. He said, I know this is coming from a Buckeye. Um, he said, but he was <laughs> uh, he basically clapped when he saw Mozzie Smith taken with the first round pick. Uh, and because he said that he sees uh, greatness in Mozzie Smith, he said Mozzie Smith is already he enters the room as one of the strongest players on the entire mm-hmm. Cowboys roster. This is Jonathan Hankins. Yeah, who's one saying of the this? <laughs> yeah, this is Jonathan Hankins saying this, and he said it with a look on his face, like I don't think you understand. And I'm like, maybe I don't, but we're about to find out. Um, but he 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 just he's elated to play with uh, Mozzie Smith and to play alongside Mozzie Smith in those packages, like I'm talking about, like I spoke about a few minutes ago. Uh, and then Hankins just went on to just rave and rave about how not only close-knit the defensive line room is and the defense as a whole is, but uh, he said that defensive line room is, quote-unquote, we're some bad MFers, um, end quote. And I asked him straight up, I said, well, uh, this defense and this pass rush was one of the best uh, in the league last year. I mean, it was top two, and at times it wasn't number two. Right. Um, So I said, you know, where does this go from here, knowing that, you know, you're healthy and you're in the building for the entire year. Monty Smith is in the building. Also, Diggy Zua coming off a breakout year. You can go down the list on and on and on. And basically, he said, we're going to pick up right where we left off. Only this time it's going to be scarier for mm-hmm. offenses. So scarier is nice. I like I like scary hours for opposing offenses. Yeah, this this Cowboys defense is uh, – and there's if you look at it, there's no reason there should be a follow. They were able to retain mm-hmm. LVE, able to retain Dono. You bring in some new pieces like Mozzie Smith, DeMarvion Overshawn, Jabril Cox is training in the right direction right now. Damone Clark did not have a full offseason of preparation last year as a rookie because he was recovering from that spinal fusion surgery. Now he has a full offseason to participate and acclimate and level up in year two. Uh, so Hankins is he's on to something. Yeah. Demarcus Lawrence, another stellar year. Michael Parsons saying, you know what? I'm going to get my sacks, but I want to be an Aaron Donald. I want to be an impact guy. Trevon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore. I, I mean, look, when, again, we want, we came out of camp, bro. And it was, uh, you know, Watkins and Bohanna were kind of, you know, Watkins, Bohanna. And never got, those were your guys, <laughs> Tristan Hill right. in the interior. Right. Anthony Brown and was out on the outside. It wasn't the same. Now you're coming into camp with Mozzie and Hankins to start. Mm-hmm. Gilmore on the outside. Damone Clark in year two. So there's more athleticism. Uh, salute to Anthony Barr, giving all he can give. But there's more athleticism now behind those guys. And when you bring up a Jabril Cox, I do think that this linebacker unit is is in. I think they're on pace to have one of the best years that we've seen in a while because of what's in front of them. And then also. What's behind them? Let's just be real too. Like that <laughs> that unit is so complimentary. Yeah, a little man, bit. That it's a little bit going on. A little on bit. Just a little something. A little bit. A little bit. It's so complimentary that I think one of these units are, are going to benefit from it, and I think it's going to be linebacker group, bro. I, I think. I mean, when it comes to the defense, one hand washes the other, washes yeah. the other. Um, you got three levels: defensive line, second level linebackers, and then and linebackers slash your boundary corners, and then you got your safety unit behind you. Uh, the only question, the only only question going into this year for Dan Quinn's offseason, Dan Quinn's twenty twenty three season, was depth at linebacker, and can you figure out another boundary guy? Well, you figured it out boundary wise. You went and got Stephon Gilmore. So then it's like, okay, Jordan Lewis is coming back. You got Deron Bland. So depth isn't technically an issue at cornerback, but you want to get some anyway, which is why you trade up for. Eric Scott, who, by the way, is off to a strong start. 
um, in, in camp, so much so that he's he's taking reps, early reps from Kelvin Joseph. I'm about which to goes say. back to what I see. He's, yep. he's taking a lot of reps from Kelvin Joseph. Um, so the bigger question was linebacker depth, LB3 and LB4. Where are you at with that? You know what you got in LVE. You've seen where you're going with Damone Clark, but huge question marks behind them. If Jabril Cox can continue on his current trajectory, the LB3 question is answered. Hmm. And then that frees up a guy like DeMarvion Overshone to truly be used however Dan Quinn wants to utilize him. So the linebacker question might be getting answered right in front of our very faces. And again, we'll see what happens when training camp comes and they start going full speed. But as it stands, Jabril Cox looks um, outside of pads, which is all we can go on right now. He looks real LSU-ish, and I hope he can transfer that over to Oxnard. I love to hear it, man. And we're not going to see too many battles of, of the defensive line and Hankins and Mozzie against offensive line until we get to camp uh, pads. I think he mentioned like the 31st. He said May 31st, Coach McCarthy, but I think he meant July 31st, if I'm not he mistaken. Did. Yes. Okay, so July 31st, we'll see the pads. But uh, the offensive line, it seemed like things are back to normal. Uh, I don't know if they went back into the flashpoint to reset <laughs> things. And, and they, got tied, they got the Smith bros on the left side now. But you had you you prefaced it a couple weeks ago. You said, guys, it's going to be experimentations going yep. on. And yep. I I admitted this the other day when I heard Gelkin or I saw the Gelkin tweet and he said something along the lines of, "Hey, uh, I'd be surprised if if Tyron is not starting at right tackle." I got a little nervous, but <sighs> then we see or we hear Coach come out before the first practice and say, "Hey, this week we're working Tyron at left and Tyler at left guard." Um, and I said, "Okay, maybe this is just them." covering all bases because they didn't do this last summer, Pat, and, and they got bit a little bit. So maybe this year they're saying, all right, we're still out. Let's cover all our bases in case any of these things happen and get all these guys some work. So now I'm kind of more R-E-L-A-X, relaxed, right? So right. was was things back to normal there? How did some of the guys, you know, the let's goes look on the right side, the doges and whatnot when they did these, these shifting around, but did you feel like things were back to normal? Well, it, it, you have to define normal yeah, in, in normal. early June. Um, and if you're asking, right, without Terrence Steele on top of it being early June, again, it's experiment season. So on Tuesday, it was uh, very pleasant to see Tyron Smith back at left tackle, Tyler Smith moving to left guard, Tyler Biadish at center. Um, but then when you look at the right side, uh, I mean, Zach Martin's going to be Zach Martin. But I know people saw Josh Ball getting some reps there at right guard. Doesn't mean anything wrong is wrong with Zach Martin. Is Zach Martin, does he need? to be out there no. in early June? No, he doesn't. So Cowboys are getting some guys some work at right guard to see what they have there. Right tackle is where it kind of gets interesting because Willetsko was getting some reps at right guard as well, but he was getting the majority of his reps at right tackle. And I think going into this season, now that he's healthy, former fifth-round pick, uh, Cowboy, he has a high ceiling. Go back and look at his film from college. Uh, suffered a shoulder subluxation, but he's healthy now. I think he has the lead horse. He's on the lead horse for swing tackle with the Cowboys. Um, and I like what I'm seeing from him. I was excited going into training camp to get a look at him because of his college tape. Uh, and then, of course, before training camp could even really get going, separated the shoulder, and that was pretty much it for his season. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited again. And hopefully he can remain healthy. And if he does, then that's off the swing tackle equation for the Cowboys. Now, Wednesday it was kind of back to experimentation because – Tyron Smith doesn't practice on Wednesdays. For those that don't know, it's just it's a veteran rest day, especially for him. So he didn't practice. So you saw some guys like Chuma Adoga getting moved around. Tyler Smith was still taking some reps at, um, at left guard. You saw him in one of my images line up against Mozzie Smith. 
Really mm. wish I could have given the video of that. But Thanos versus Hawk. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. But you saw Chuma getting some reps at left tackle in a couple of those images. So while Chuma uh, does have a lot of ability at left guard, obviously he played there at the NFL level. Cowboys did say they were going to look to flex him, try to get some versatility, and they've already started that with many camps. So Wednesday was a little bit different because Tyron was on a rest day. Zach is being Zach, right? He's going to be ready. Don't worry about him. Um, but Tuesday is is the linchpin in the week for me in this discussion because it told me that the Cowboys, while they are willing to experiment to see who can play where, at the end of the day, I'm confident that they just know what the right thing is. They know what the right do the hey, right come thing. On, Spike do, Lee. It's a Spike on. Lee joint. Do the right thing. Come on. Don't don't play with us when we get down to the camp yeah. and we see yeah. a Terrence still at left guard. Don't don't do that, yeah, man. Don't I, do I get it. trying to figure things out in case something happens, but you right. also want to get into some type of continuity uh flow with your actual starters. Because look, I don't think they're gonna play in the preseason. Now this is very early, but I don't think that entire offensive line is gonna play in the preseason. So you need to use these uh, practice reps in camp, and I don't know. Maybe you can you know, let us know here. Are they going to be doing any scrimmages with different teams this season, this offseason? As it as it stands, no. Okay. Could that change? Yes. But as the days roll along, and there is and there continues to be no news on that, then the odds continue to right. be near zero because teams have to prep for that. Yeah. Um, logistically, months ahead of time. Okay. So as it stands, there are no scrimmages scheduled. Uh, be interesting to see if that changes during the summer break before training camp fires up. But as we have this conversation, there aren't any scrimmages uh, scheduled for the Cowboys. I figured they wouldn't go to any of the LA teams because they, they play them this season. Right. Uh, but, but I thought maybe they could sneak Denver in there again. But no, okay. it, it it worked out for them last year, especially what, like with the chargers, for example, Oxnard, LA right. preseason against the chargers. Logistically it was there. Um, uh, I don't know. Sense. I don't know if they want to, circle back and have another dance with the Denver Broncos considering how things went last time. Things yeah. got a little frisky yeah. on the That's field. True. So they might want to stay away from uh from mile high when it comes to scrimmaging. <laughs> uh real quick, uh Mike McCarthy mentioned something football nerdish about about the zone, the outside zone things changing. And I thought that was interesting. Are they working on their run run scheme yet? To the public or to the to the reporter eye, or is this something that we'll have to wait till we get to training camp? And we're we're gonna have to wait for training camp to really get an eye on that. They're doing so much experimentation, and 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 uh, while they do this second phase of install, first phase being OTAs, is that it's really hard to pin down um, just how accurate or inaccurate that statement is from Mike McCarthy. Um, and and really, as you know, the science is the science, the facts are the facts, and I just we don't have enough data right now for me to sit here and say yay or nay as far as that comment is concerned from McCarthy. So uh, I see some flashes of it. I, I'm, he doesn't have a reason to lie about that. I'm confident that it's going to happen in training camp, but until I see it, I haven't seen it. And again, that's not to say it's not happening right now, but so much going on with the yeah. experimentation and, you know, trying to get Deuce mixed in, trying to get Hunter Lipke mixed in. Rico Dowdle's getting a ton of reps along uh, with Malik Davis as well. They're trying to figure out that running back situation to compliment Tony Pollard. So when you're trying to mix in so many guys, uh, there's only so many types of reps each guy each guy can get. Some of these are zone reps, some of these are not. Right. Some of these are screens, some of these are handoffs. Uh, so second phase of the install with experimentation, uh, it's – it's too fluid right now. Let's get the training camp and we'll see what really what it really looks like. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It, it, a lot of this is hard to really tell until we get down there. The pass start coming on, they get the popping right. or the thudding, and then really right. you get a chance to see some of these guys shine in preseason. 
Right. Any other little things that we might have missed uh, that you want to cover from training camp that might have been important? I mean, we've touched on a lot of it, uh, and I'll I'll close oh, out on this note. Camp, I know I'm sorry. No, I, you're fine. Uh, I'm ready for training camp too. <laughs> um, I'll close out on this note. I know a lot of people are wondering how the kicking situation is going. I am on record as saying the Cowboys need to bring in another kicker. That does not mean Tristan Vizcaino is stinking up the joint. He's actually not at all. He was nine for nine with his longest being 55 yards on Tuesday. On yesterday, excuse me, he was seven for nine. He had a miss from 42. Uh, missed from 52, but he again made a 55-yarder. Um, so do the math there. His numbers look really good. But when it comes to a kicker competition, I, I want all of it. I want all of it. So I like the fact that Jerry Jones said that it's, quote, unquote, likely the Cowboys will add uh, a kicker before they um, touch down in Oxnard in late July. And we'll see if they hold to that. Um, but I do feel as 100% as I can that even if it doesn't happen before training camp, it won't if it doesn't, it won't be long after the start that you will see another kicker come in. And again, Tristan is doing well right now, uh, but it doesn't mean that you want to go ahead and push all your chips in the middle of the table for him. They got to make sure they get things right with this kicker situation. Yeah, I, I fully expect them to bring in bring in another kicker. They've been oh, yeah. doing it the last couple of seasons. But oh, yeah. before before you go, I, I should have started off with this, but uh, your your update on CD Lamb because I know a lot of people kind of oh yeah um yeah well the fact that we didn't start off with it yeah. should tell people that I'm not concerned. Um, he went, he made a play, caught a pass, went down a little bit awkwardly, but he didn't run off the field. He wasn't pulled off of the field. He stayed on for a couple more plays, which is a good sign that it's nothing major. Um, when it was his time to come off of the field, he did, and he didn't go back in, which makes sense. And that's why I tweeted yesterday, even if they run a full practice today, I wouldn't expect that you'd see CD lamb out there because it's time to bubble wrap him until a training camp. So, uh, asked around inside the building. I get the sense there is no concern whatsoever uh, as far as CD Lamb's health is concerned. And so that's great news. Ah, perfect, man. And like you said, it's the fact that we didn't start off with it, everybody should be feeling fine. There you go. Uh, Luke Schoolmaker out the boot, but he should be out ready the for boot. training camp. Yep, that's the expectation. He was doing some catching drills with Titans coach Lunda Wells on yesterday. Out of the boot, walking in normal shoes, normal socks, uh, barring any kind of setback between now and training camp, which it shouldn't be because he's just dealing with the inflammation, i.e. plantar fasciitis. He'll be on the field in, uh, in Oxnard when things get started. So I think already, you know, from last year to this year, the Cowboys are heading into Oxnard on a better health tip than they were last season. If you remember, you had issues. Some knock, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, so knock I think good wood. start. Good start. But we know things things pop up. We just hope it, everybody comes out clean once we get down there. Uh, Absolutely. County, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, man, look, appreciate you coming on every week, brother. Um, and giving us the, you know. Science. Come on, man. Oh, and real quick, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you go to patreon.com or download the Patreon app. Check out the conversation, conversation spelled with a K, my uh, new mental health podcast um, that focuses on topics that transcend gender and race, but also specifically those stigmas that work against men and men of color. So tap in and uh, let's let's heal and let's start thriving. My guy, appreciate you, Pat. And uh, we'll get with you next week, brother. All right. Talk to you soon, man. That's See you right. later. Peace. Pat Walker, ladies and gentlemen, DallasCowboys.com, always bringing the goodness to A to Z Sports Live. Set some things up here, get back into the chat. I'm dropping Man, we we're lucky. Tell you, man. We are extremely lucky to be getting that type of information.
There we go. Opening up the lines just for a little bit here. There we go. You want to call in, you can 351-999-3787. Uh, we will, apologies if that went too loud. We will get uh, a few callers in here, a few callers. Let me see. Okay, so he went out. That's why the audio jumped up. Gotcha, gotcha. My bad if I blew y'all ears out. <laughs> Still figuring that out. Told y'all that the, the resources are not like the big letter networks, but we got it, man. Uh, as we kind of transition here, take one quick little break. Talk about Boston Scientific. Can't have the scientific method without talking about Boston Scientific. ED can affect your self-esteem and impact your most important relationships if you're tired of pills and you've tried other potential solutions, but they have not worked. Take a free online assessment that you can share with your doctor. Click the ad in the description. There's a permanent satisfying solution to treat ED. Visit edcure.org. Get the facts and find a urologist who can offer treatment options when others do not work. Again, that's edcure.org. It ain't hard, but you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and... Here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Hey, let me do this. Let me do this. Let me. There we go. I think we should be good. <laughs> we should be good right now. I wear too many hats, man. I wear too many hats. I am looking though uh, for a potential. I'll say, you know, I'm looking for a potential video editor. I'll put that out on Twitter here in the, probably the day or tomorrow. Ah, uh, we got a couple callers. Let's hit the phone lines right quick. Get to some of the super chats. Then we'll roll up out of here. D shift first up. What's good, D shift? Not much, man. They telling you Dalvin Cooks uh, got released, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that as the show was going. Um, but well, we expected that, so it's really not mm-hmm. major, major news to me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but yeah, it's not breaking news. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that we won't have to trade or try to bid for him is yeah. just kind of see where the money's going to fit. I was just yeah. really interested, interesting to uh, hear Stephen Jones kind of allude to it and how they and him and Jerry talking about just, I mean, you know, cap kind of stuff too. But they. They seem to be kind of jingling that pocket a little bit more, man. So a little bit more. <laughs> jingling, so, jingling. Yeah. Jingling, jingling. <laughs> so, man, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I, I I was, man, Jerry, I think he did an interview June 6th, one drop. And uh, my eyes kind of got big because he's still using that, that flex word with Terrence still. Oh, and see. So, see, with Jerry – it's it's man. It take it's like maybe one percent of what he say that I really take to heart, and, and for, the, yeah. for the rest of it I ignore, you know. But so I don't I don't really get as caught, and that's just me because I, I've grown. I've, he did I've, I've, Yeah, I've kind of took my I've kind of took the mentality that Jerry just a mouthpiece kind of cheerleader mouthpiece type situation. He's not really uh-huh. doing the. He's not making that kind of decision in the sense of hey, we're gonna put Terrence Dale level, but. I, I guess you know, it's the out there. It could it, happen. He's the owner. I get it. 
But I don't really listen to what Jerry has to say too much anymore, to be honest with you. So that's why I kind of ignore what he said about that. But when Gelkin come out and say, hey, man, I expect Tyron Smith to be at right tackle. I was like, whoa, wait a minute now. What are you talking about here? Mm. That kind of got me a little nervous, yeah. Yeah, but I did like what uh, Jerry was talking about, uh, just kind of reemphasizing, um, like, what the O-line is, the, the changes that are going to be made to the O-line and, and just some of the things they're going to do as far as blocking-wise. Um, and really his biggest uh, interest was, was the pass blocking, right? And he, he just talked about a lot of things when it talked about and everything that, you know, y'all y'all been kind of breaking down from how we're going to get Dak to release quicker by him not having so many option routes to have to break down. Um, and so I, I think I think Jerry and just a, a full – it was just full overhaul between the organization and kind of really looking themselves in the mirror and just understanding that why their pass blocking was so bad because I feel – if you can be that great, that good, and, and run blocking with everything that you had to deal with, but your pass blocking was that bad, it had to be more issues than just the talent that was in place. Um, the I, I was looking at something where the O line was ranked still top ten, and I, I look for it to to be even better. Even though again we have a big question at left guard, but um, in not, I was talking not if they put that, not if they put Tyler Smith there. That question's answered. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. Yeah. I guess the big question is, are they going to do it right? The big and question are they gonna is, be smart enough? What happens when Tyron goes down? Be... That's the big question. Yeah, now even then, but I, I say for me, because you have Edoga, you have they, they have a lot of man. They have a lot of offensive lines that are bad, man. And and so relative to the field. Yeah, you might have, like, because I was even uh, thinking about, like, with the, the Micah Parsons comments, I'm talking about the 2000 Ravens thing. The conference has been locked. Tip and Shannon were kind of dismissing it, like, ah, but, you know, these these guys were playing different and they weren't scoring. But, yeah, but there's not a lot of other defenses that are like, like, relative to the field and what you have, right? You don't have to be the 2000 Ravens, but if you're the defense that's letting teams score on you the least and your offense is, is – you know, humming like we feel like it should be, what's that equate to, you know? Shit, I love Michael's so, mentality. He he don't want to just be good. He want to be, you know, great. And, and, and if everybody else can kind of have that mentality, he's got to start with the leader, right? Everybody else can have that mentality. I think they can achieve it. I think they got the coaches to do it. I think they've got uh, enough of the top echelon players, Michael Parsons, Diggs, Gilmore, to do it. And they got, mm-hmm. on defense, I'm saying, they got a, enough – quality role guys to to really be one of them ones but like i've been saying for years if you want to do that you, you've got to make people not want to run against you and not because you're scoring points but because you're just so damn dominant uh on the interior to be able to do it and you know micah understood yeah. that that's why he said go get me deron Payne, go get me mozzie smith like go get me guys that can free up my guys around me but how you even talking about with him and how he was just kind of pressing sam williams like hey man i'm not stopping you from getting 10 sacks yeah, like right, you right. gotta go He's yeah. not coddling dudes. He's telling them, like, go be great. Go do it. <laughs> go be great. I'm not yeah, holding you back it. from being great. Yeah, so I, I like the mentality as well. Um, also, I was listening to a Jordan Lewis interview. In closing, Jordan Lewis was, uh, he had a little interview where he was talking about just the mental of a rookie. And, you know, we, we hear these rookies come in kind of confident, but what's going to, do you think Mozzie's going to kind of have to, Shake up and and I mean because he has Hankers in front of him, but he think the game might be a little too fast for him. Should we like kind of temper our expectations? 
or how do you think the rookie um, the rookie mentality is going to kind of affect him in, in his first year? So I'll just sit back and listen, bro. Appreciate you, though. Salute. Hey, man, Ma- Mozzie seemed like he he re- he ready to go. I, I don't I don't know that mentally I question Mozzie. I don't know him. You know, I just go off of what I see, the film, and what I hear. Um, is he going to potentially hit a rookie wall? Possibly. You know, that type of stuff happens. Uh, but, you know, he's not coming in here expecting to be a Superman. You know, I think he's going to come in here expected to be a role player, and I think that'll help, right? I don't think they're they're going to ask him to do what Michael Parsons did his rookie year where Micah was literally lining up everywhere. There was a lot put on his plate, and he handled it well because he's Micah freaking Parsons. Uh, but Mozzie, I think, my, look, having Hankins next to him, you know, uh, Osa, these guys, there's some quality guys around him that I think will help him not have to be the guy. So I don't know him personally, but the things that I've heard, he's a good hard worker. Uh, good work ethic, smart kid, humble kid, but also a damn monster on the field. So I, be- I believe Mozzie be all right. I believe that. Yeah. Let's get a couple more up in here before we get up out of here. Uh, A32, what it is, what it do? What's going on, Scott? What's going on? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, man. Uh, I love when you I love it when you have uh, Patrick No C Walker on I there. He ought to... Go from no C to no BS. So that brother <laughs> knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. Hey, he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, man, I, I like um, uh, Mr. Walker's uh, uh, analysis of, of what was going on between Dak and Mike McCarthy as it goes to their relationship as they're kind of making this, I won't say transition, but they're making this adjustment to how they're going to approach games. Yeah. I, I love the fact that, that they're going to do more to make it easier for Dak to be himself. I've said many times myself, I think Dak's, one of Dak's biggest strengths is his decision-making. That's how kind of strange to say, you know, when you Based talk about Based off of last year, yeah. yeah. but Dak has always been a very good decision-maker, very smart, friendly, despite whatever else anybody might have coming out of their mouth about that. So the, 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 the freedom that he'll have to process and just go and play, I think you brought it up to me, you know, uh, a couple of times before, that's what they want to get to, a point to where Dak can just go play. And he's not trying to figure everything out because he's already got it figured out. So I, I like the, the the fact that McCarthy has said, "Hey, we want to do what you do." Yeah, I do Remind too. me that old. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of that old Bill Walsh uh, story you hear all the time about him taking Joe Montana aside early in his career, going through the playbook and asking Montana, "Hey, what happened on this play?" Montana told him whatever it was, and he just took it out. He didn't run that play anymore. So I love that 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 that's happening. Yeah, you know what? And, uh, also, before you move past mm-hmm. that, you know what it sounds like is happening. Uh huh. It sounds like he's being coached, and <laughs> I, I know that sounds so simple, bro. No, really, but, really. But that I don't think he was being coached. And then we said this here, right? You 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 know that we've been saying this for a couple couple years. The relationship uh-huh. with with Kellen was so unique; it had its it had its flaws with it. You know, and this is this is reaching back to to what Kitna had to say about how you know there wasn't there wasn't a coach player relationship there, it just wasn't, and and now McCarthy and he might rub Dak the wrong way a few times. So what? How many of y'all played prof- not professional? How many of y'all have played sports? Period. Whether it be little league, uh, middle school, high school, college, professionally, whatever. You can't tell me you got along with your coach every waking second that you were being coached. No. My dad used to coach me, no. and I used to hate 
him sometimes when he coached me. So he wasn't trying to coddle me. And that's how you're supposed to be when you're coaching these players. You got to coach them sometimes. But with that said, I did. I do love the fact that, you know, he's saying, hey, look, Dak, what makes you comfortable here? It, this only works right. if if you work, right? I have my system. Exactly. I have my, my, my style. I have of what I want this team to look like and how I want it to play. But this only works if, if what you're doing and you're comfortable with. Clearly, they weren't comfortable with a certain number of things last year and it resulted in miscommunications, et cetera, et cetera. But um, he mentioned something, and then Dak followed up. McCarthy mentioned, hey, man, we're pushing Dak. Again, he's being coached. We're pushing Dak, and wow. I'm impressed with what he's a- how he's able to handle it. And Dak said, yeah, you know, they're <laughs> challenging me, and, and, you know, I'm loving it because I'm able to, uh, you know, grasp all of this, and this is going to help us in the long run. So it may be small, bro. But the fact that Dak is being coached is, is, is a great thing. And the last time, in my opinion, that he was coached like that was Kitna. And we saw the jump that he had that same season. Not the next year, the same season. Right, right. In, 20, yeah. Yeah, in 2019, he made that yeah. jump. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And that was John Kitna. Exactly. You're exactly right, yeah. guys. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear it and glad to see it. One more quick thing about Jabril Cox. Uh, he was a forgotten man to me. Yeah, I was. knew he was injured. And, and I'm hopeful that's all. It looks like that's all it was. He just wasn't healthy enough to, to go. Yeah. And and they were just being cautious with him. So if that pans out, man, hey, look out. So they, they look like they're on the right track. Again, this, nobody's in pads. It's the underwear Olympics still. But looks like everybody's qualifying so far, except for your man, Kelvin Joseph. But uh, we'll, we'll meet up where it is. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> <laughs> let me let you go, man, Sky. Uh, okay. Great show again, as always, man. Thank you for taking my call. I'll holler at you, my friend. Always, brother. Good call. You always have fantastic calls, by the way, man. Salute. Yeah, that's what I took away from it, man. Like, Dak Prescott is, is, is being coached for the first time since 2019. I think he came in this league being coached, obviously. Scott Linehan wasn't coddling Dak Prescott. When, and when I say coddle, I don't mean emotionally. He coddled the offense to, to make sure it was in his advantage uh and then 2019 gets here you get john kitna at the same time the play caller was the same but you had kitna coaching him um there's there's whispers that that he liked nuss a lot but i mean i'll, I'll leave it at that i think kitna was better for him and, and now we're going to get mccarthy getting a chance to actually coach him up and, and does that mean he's coaching him up and, and, and you know chewing him out or something like that nah he's quite literally you know coaching him to what works for him what's best for you i think there was an example where i don't know it was, it was pat or, or somebody been on it might have been bobby who said uh hey dak came to the side and said hey what what should we do here and then mccarthy said now nah, what do you want to do Let, let's let's make sure that it works for you uh same thing with the the story that mike mccarthy had brought up with duquesne if you don't know who duquesne what duquesne is it's a it's a piss it's a pa pittsburgh thing uh college up there whatever uh, they didn't know how to say the name. And he's like, is it Duquesne, is it Duquesne, whatever. Whatever you want to call it, you in a huddle. We need to make sure that this thing is comfortable for you and 11 men in that huddle. Uh, and I don't know that that was always necessarily the case. It was, uh, hey, this is our system. We're not really going to change, if you want to call it a system, because it really wasn't. We're not really going to change what we do to fit you guys best. We're going to try to fit you into this system. And not just Dak, but everybody else. Um, so that was kind of always the issue. Works when you're playing against certain teams and doesn't work when other teams see that coming.
And I want to run this back if you missed this earlier in the show. Dak uh, was Christy Scales, I think, who brought up, hey, Dak, what's up with the new offense from a tempo standpoint? Are you guys trying to add more plays to it, et cetera, et cetera? And uh, Dak had this to say about it. I think it's it's all of it in the sense. Obviously, when you can change your pace, uh, you're going to catch them off guard. Um, you want as many at-bats as we like to say, so we're going to try to get as many plays as we can, more plays, more chances for the big plays. Uh, and then lastly, we want to be the aggressors. You know what I'm saying? We want to we want to be attacking these guys, and when we're able to switch the tempo, whether it be no huddle, whether it be a series of them, whether it be slow, slow it down, uh, we just want to make sure that we're dictating the pace, we're being the aggressors, and the game is on our terms and not theirs. Man, this is such a change, y'all. I... I, I Y'all remember the buzzword? Aggressively take what the defense gives you. That I think that's what Kellen said a lot when he asked him about the offense. Oh, we're just taking what the defense gives us. Week in, week out. And it's like, look, I get it. Every offense has to do that to an extent. They have to take what the defense gives them, especially when mad teams are playing shell. But you could sense it in Amari Cooper. You could sense it in, in other players. They were growing frustrated with, hey, look, we can we can be the aggressor. We got the guys to go out here and make the damn play. We got a guy at the very least to go out here and make a damn play. Give us the opportunity to do that. And uh, I, I don't think McCarthy is with sitting back anymore. I think they're they're trying to be the aggressor now. They're going to do it strategically, right? Uh, they're going to try to marry it with the run game, and they're going to try to play complementary football. But honestly, man, it's a breath of fresh air here to hear that we want to be the aggressor. I don't I don't recall that being a theme for the Cowboys over the last few seasons. If y'all remember them saying anything like that, let me know, but I don't. No sorry, Bob, I don't. All right, one more, man. Nacho, what's up, man? Will Smith. Good morning, my man. How you doing? We said, Will, uh, we said Will Smith. Um, did I call you Will Smith? You did. <laughs> what's up, bro? Will still, Will still. how are you doing? Uh, and listen, let, let me ask you a specific question and Cowboys Nation as well. Now, with what we know already, you know, through mini camp and as we head into training camp and, and, and all the, the, the questions and so on, with the extra money that we do have in place, if you had an opportunity, do you go and get yourself pending between now and training camp on, on how you see things? Do you go get yourself that veteran running back that we're talking about? Dalvin Cook. Do you do right? Okay. And or do you get that left guard if you still haven't solidified that, or do you go get another defensive player to go along with what we have? If you're going to spend that money, mm-hmm. you spend it on a running back, an offensive lineman, or another key defensive player. It's a fun question. Defense. That's a fun question. Um, you first, know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I love it because I do think they're going to add somebody. And honestly, you named all the – well, you didn't name a position defensively, but the position I was thinking about was linebacker. If you remember uh, a couple weeks ago, we did kind of a little segment where we talked about pending – not pending, but free agents out there that could fit the Cowboys from a depth standpoint. You talked about left – or you talked about the guard position. Trey Turner w- was a guy out there uh, that we brought up. Linebacker for me, you know, I think it was Deion uh, Jones, and it was another dude we brought up. I can't, I can't remember who the other linebacker was. And now Dalvin Cook is out there. But it was other running backs too, Leonard Fournette. Guy, there was a bunch of other guys out there uh, on the market. Good question. I want to ask the, the, the chat is that as well. With all this extra money, what position would you sign? You know, right off the bat, you would think, give me somebody at left guard. 
you know, Trey Turner. Sure. But I reached out to someone about Trey and they, they essentially was like, no, you know, Duke, I think it was Duke. Yeah. I reached out to Duke and Duke was like, not worth it. So I'm going to adhere to what Duke said. Uh, so if Trey's not worth it, there's not many out there. I know there's the, the Reisner kid, uh, but there's, there's the kid from, uh, or not a kid. The, I shouldn't call these guys kids. They're not kids. There's a guy from um, Washington that's out there, but yes, uh, I ain't going to lie to you, Nacho. Young, right? Full young, thinking right? about that's Dalvin sure. Cook with Tony Pollard. Wow. That is uh That'll just wow. that, right. That would just that would just mm. solidify. And the reason why I was asking that specific question is because I'd like to think that based on what we hear, based on what we're seeing so far, I mean, <laughs> you know, this team is finally looking like that kind of really a complete football team. They're putting all the pieces together finally. And 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 as Cowboys fans, you know, it's like it's like you know we've been waiting for obviously way too long, you know, for this team to get to a title game and eventually be a, re- a representative in the Super Bowl. And, and and I think it's pretty it's pretty vivid that we are there. We know we are there. Let me say so this. So if you – go ahead. Let me say this. If the Cowboys move Tyler Smith into guard with Tyron Smith at left tackle, here's a caveat, and well, let's go shows that Walesco can be a, a legitimate swing tackle, then I will scratch left guard off the list. I will continue to develop guys like TJ Bass or or Forniak if they if they think he can be a left guard. Edoja, I will continue to let those guys kind of develop uh, because I got my starter. So I will scratch that off the list and that will entice me more to to go get the guy we talked about. Absolutely. Absolute. So that's that'll be the exciting part because I'd like to think that this team is now getting to that point where they're going to have that, where, where we've never had that, uh, that kind of a luxury uh, 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 option, if you will. The, the, the maybe, hump move, uh, like the real hump move. Yeah, like we, yeah, we, yeah, we're in position yeah, to yeah, make yeah, another hump yeah. move. Like financially, we're in position to do it. I think from a roster yeah. standpoint, we're in position to do it. And, and from a uh, competitive standpoint, we are. Like if you're the Panthers, you're not making a hump move. It's, it's not happening. There's no more of those to be made for you to, to try to get over the hump of getting to. So I don't think that's going to happen for Dallas though. They are in position to make another hump move, given what's out there in the, the current state of their roster in the current state of the NFC. So, I mean, they've been moving different, Nacho. I, I, I wouldn't have thought they would have went out and, and traded for Gilmore or cooks. They've made a hump move in the off season when it first began. Could they make another one? They've been moving different. Maybe they do. And, 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 and we'll end it with that. And, and that is my main question is I'm going to really be very excitedly waiting to see. They got to know. They got to know what they got to know what they want to do and what options are coming to them, whether they do it now or they wait till training camp. But it's that one big move that we're talking about that will be the game changer, whether it will be offensively or it'll be defensively to get this team to just, oh, you know what I mean? They don't need much. They don't need a big move defensively. There's no big move to be made defensively, but there honestly isn't many big moves to be made in general. These, these, these are, there's not too many hump guys out there. The, the, the hump player I think right now is Dalvin cook, unless you're trading for another guy. But you know, even then True. some people scoff at Dalvin cook, which is wild to me, man. Maybe need to go back and watch him, but nonetheless, man, fantastic question. It got me thinking. 
Absolutely. Have a, yeah. have a wonderful day, man. Appreciate Good you, Nacho. Thank you. I wonder if they view this opportunity or this team the way we do. And y'all know me. I'm first to get on Stephen Jones. But Stephen ended his... Do I, have, I don't have the audio. He ended one of his pressers talking about the future, right? He was saying uh, he always talks about the next year, the next year, but he didn't bring up a specific year. If we go back to last year, do you remember when he was talking about Amari Cooper and he was like, yeah, you know, but 2023, 2024, He was, he was naming years down the line. I'm like, but Steven, you just came off a 12 and five season. You should be trying to get this thing done in 2022. But they asked Steven Jones about, the contract situations and the futures and the micas and all that stuff. But then Steven spun the block and said, yeah, but we want to, we're focused on 2023. And I was like, that came out of Steven Jones mouth. Steven Jones don't talk about the present. Steven Jones constantly looks outward and looks beyond what's happening in front of him. So I, I used to have, and I, maybe I still have slight uh, concerns about guys like Stephen Jones thinking about this current team. But when he came out and said, no, 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 but we're thinking about 2023. We're trying to win now, essentially. That's a, that's a different mentality coming out of him. So maybe they use these next seven weeks or whatever it is. They evaluate what's out there on the market. Maybe he's not lying now when he says, talent evaluation or personnel acquisition is 365 days a year we'll see but if he is focused on now and this is why i said earlier uh, in this conversation i wonder if they're looking at it the way we are looking at it, the way i'm looking at it like hey look i don't care about 2024 your team is in such a, a, a good state right now barring injury right that it doesn't hurt you to add more talent it doesn't and there's nobody out there that you're going to sign that affects you, in my opinion, long-term for the other guys, the Steels, the Dax, the, the Micahs, the, the Diggs, the Lambs. I, I don't think anybody's signing that it really dents your cap in the future for that. So we'll see. We'll see if, if Stephen Jones has turned a page and he is thinking about the current. If he's thinking about the current, the, the question that Nacho asked, hey, you know, left guard, running back, defense, adding a guy, I'd still be looking. I 100% still be looking to add somebody more for me be offensively. Uh, I think defensively they're, they're pretty much secure there unless they want to go linebacker, which I'm cool with, but I feel like running back and I like the running backs. We got, we can line up right now. I'm not tripping, but if you got a chance to add a dude, like I saw somebody here, bring up Derek Henry. I don't think that's going to happen, but Dalvin cook is out there. That's all I'm saying. And I'll leave it at that. Let's get to these super chats. Uh, the eighth yes the eighth. chris dropped one earlier we don't have them 304s super chat chris is talking about another chris chris sims he said chris sims was talking about dax ints and he literally said quote just because the ball hits the wide receivers in the hands it doesn't mean he should catch it i mean okay chris sims i i don't i don't i don't really i don't care about chris sims but what? <laughs> One of the first things you're taught as a receiver when you're young. The ball hits you in the hands. Catch. Now, I get there's context. Hey, was it 
three yards in front of you and he threw a bullet. Was it a high pass? Whatever. But, I mean, I don't Chris Sims, whatever. Uh, we are grateful. Super chat. He dropped two. Appreciate you. Uh, FRK180. Super chat. He dropped 10 in the super chat. Thank you, man. He says, salute the sky. Killing the game. We appreciate you. Over 500 in the chat. Battle Royal. Can we get the whole chat to hit the like button, please? One, two, three. All hit the like button. We'll get about 500 likes in here, and it'll run up that algorithm. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for the super chat. And then Iceberg Q just dropped two and said, Super chat. Is it really one and done with Pollard? I, I'm, I'm at this stage right now. I feel like, yeah. Pat, though, Pat said he thinks something will get done. I don't know if they in the, if they in the market though to continue to not continue, but to pay running backs. And let me let me say this about it, right? He's getting ten million dollars on a franchise tag. How do you realistically go to the table and come under that? Because the market has been reset, believe it or not. The market has been reset to under ten million dollars. Now, obviously, Saquon might change that next year. Uh, he's on a tag as well. Maybe. Maybe somebody pays Derrick Henry again. I, I don't know. I I wouldn't do that. But it feels like the market has been reset at, at running back or brought back down to normalcy. But how do you go to the table if your TP's representatives and say, yeah, we'll take seven and a half when you're paying me 10? So that's why I find it hard to believe that they'll get a long-term deal done because I think it's going to start at 10 minimum and, and, and rise to 12, 13. And I don't see Dallas paying you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 million dollars per year to to Tony Pollard. So yeah, that I don't think that's ever happening. QVR. Three years, 21 to 24 million dollars. Unless Tony says, look, I, I I'm willing to come three million dollars under what I'm getting paid now. That maybe that I want to stay in Dallas. I'll pay, I'll play for cheap. Now as representatives would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, the NFL PA would be like, what are you doing? But maybe Tony says, I don't care what y'all say. I'll come play for cheaper. But they the same thing happened with Dawn Schultz. Once you pay Dawn Schultz 11 million, you can't go underneath 11 million. That's just the way the business works. It has changed, L. 100%. Yeah, Quan, I ain't worried about no goddamn Chris M, man. Chris Sims. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Hey, man, if y'all enjoyed today's show, please do me a favor. Like my guy, FRK180 said, hit the like button only if you enjoyed the show. We had Pat Walker on today with the science during our scientific method segment, and we reviewed minicamp. I feel like minicamp, for the most part, happened the past two days. So we really got, I think, the best uh, inside information that we can get. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I feel like today they're, they're going to take things easy, possibly and practice early. That's kind of been kind of what Mike McCarthy has done of late. And they're being cautious with a lot of these guys. Uh, but we'll get Pat on next week. If they do have a legitimate practice, we'll review that practice and uh, get prepared for training camp in the next six or so weeks. God, that's a long time, man. I'm not too happy about that. Uh, July 24th, they will be flying out to mini, or training camp. 25th they should be starting it and it sounds like if you went here watch the 31st 
they'll be doing padded practices. I know Mike McCarthy kind of slipped up and said May 31st. I think he meant July 31st. So that's actually great news. Now I know the date that they're going to be padded up. I can start planning around uh, that specifically. So, look, if you're going to be down there, man, holla at us. We'll be down there 100%. So, later today, watch, unless anything changes, we'll be on live. And then Mo will be on for the final show of the week for A to Z Sports Primetime. Make sure I check that out. Mo continues to get better and better in this thing. And uh, if you want to continue to look up any other Cowboys uh, content, Keeping up with Dallas, A to Z Sports, Dallas.com. Fantastic riders will keep you up to date. Yes, sir. TC915, we will be in Oxnard. Likely, I mean, I can't give a date, but we'll be in Oxnard. I'll let y'all, I'll let y'all know when we'll be in Oxnard, man. All right. With that said, good stuff today. Apologies for coming on late, but I got to hit this button. Technical difficulties. Ain't gonna let it hold me back though, man. I, I really do appreciate y'all for not abandoning me when I'm super, super late. Y'all know I'll be late. This is how late, it, how late the sky can be today. We here though, man. We here. Man. Love y'all for it. All right, we good. All right, man. I see y'all tomorrow or later.